G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. We're turning our attention today to the reputation of your local church and the churches in your community. As you know, one of the purposes of a gospel-centered church is to engage with your community. Now, that's how we might understand that whole concept of being salt and light, what that's all about. But how good is your church's reputation? So many churches are good at caring for people, looking after our vulnerable family members, volunteering in schools, chaplaincy services, providing food banks, homeless shelters, drug rehabs, counselling services and playing an active part in the cultural life of our cities and towns. Churches are so full of potential and sometimes we may need a plan to help to release it. A relatively new initiative is gaining traction. It's called the Cinnamon Network. It was originally founded in the UK and has been spreading around the world. It's helping churches to increase their effectiveness by demonstrating that faith is a force for good. Now, the Cinnamon Network has a way of measuring the collective social impact of churches to provide evidence that faith is a source, a force for good. Well, let's get some insights today. Nick McKay is the National Director of the Cinnamon Network in Australia. And Nick is joining us over this next hour. Nick, a special welcome along to 2020. Thank you so much, Neil. Lovely to be with you. Nick, just as we get things underway, I'm going to invite listeners to join our conversation shortly when we open our talkback lines. Uh, there might be some who'd like to contribute here, but lots more will want to contribute on our Facebook question today. And I'm saying to listeners, on a scale of 1 to 10, uh, 1 being the lowest, 10 being the best, how do you rate the reputation of local churches in your community? So uh, for listeners who, as we get this conversation underway, you want to respond to that, uh, you might like to go to our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash vision radio. Nick, uh, let's start with talking about the first major project that you've got underway in Australia happening in the Illawarra, uh, just south of Sydney. Give us some insight here into what's happening there. Yeah, we're, uh, we're so excited uh, for what's happening in the Illawarra right now. In fact, uh, they are running the very first Australian version of the Cinnamon Faith Action Audit. Um, and as you uh, alluded to in your introduction, it's kind of one of the, the key things that, uh, that Cinnamon does in our desire to help churches transform their communities. So the Cinnamon Faith Action Audit, or the CFAA, uh, is basically an opportunity for churches in a local region to come together in order to measure their collective social impact. Um, and uh, and it's a we're starting off in in the Illawarra, um, and uh, and the survey has been sent out to I think over 130 churches uh, to get feedback on all of the wonderful work that they're doing in the community to to demonstrate the tangible love of Christ to particularly those who are experiencing uh, vulnerability or isolation or experiencing injustice. 
uh, and uh, we can't wait to be able to um, yeah quantify the results to to uh, and to share that with the with the broader community. Well, so many of our listeners will be familiar with the Illawarra when we think of uh, the city of Wollongong. And, of course, there are surrounding districts there, part of the Illawarra. It's a big city. And, of course, as you say, about 130 churches. You've sent out surveys. So the leaders of those churches, no doubt, or maybe the eldership, the leadership of those churches are going to respond to that. And they're going to be telling you all sorts of facts and figures about what their church is involved in. What sort of questions do you ask, Nick? Yeah, so we the, the, the survey, as you said, yes, absolutely, been sent to all, all churches across Wollongong and Shell Harbour. Um, every denomination, uh, every, every size of church, big and small and in between, and the survey is it's, it's an online survey that uh, that church leaders or um, perhaps directors of uh, local mission or community engagement will complete. Uh, it asks key questions about the three largest areas of community service um, in which local churches engage. And so, again, you spoke to some of those in, in your introduction. It could be uh, emergency relief, counselling services, uh, ESL. Uh, it could be uh, homeless shelters, almost anything that you can think of that is a an act of of service and and um, and that provides for um, for the least um, as um, as Jesus commanded us to do, and uh, and so we'll be we'll be measuring that. But the important thing that the survey does is it asks churches to um, put some figures around not only the number of beneficiaries uh, that that uh, that receive the services that they provide, but the. Uh, the number of volunteers and paid staff that are involved in delivering those services, and then what we do uh, once we've received the uh, the results and the and the submissions for the survey is that we basically calculate um, all of the contribution that's made in terms of the people and the hours and the time that is put in by churches to these activities, and we allocate a monetary value to the contribution of churches across this region. So one of the, the exciting things about the uh, the Cinnamon Faith Action Audit process is that at the end, we will have a dollar figure to be able to say, not only be able to tell amazing stories of projects and, and initiatives, church-led community initiatives, and, uh, and wonderful stories of people who have benefited, but we'll also be able to allocate a dollar figure and say the contribution of all of the local churches in this region, in this case the Illawarra, uh, is worth X amount of money, uh, and uh, and that's powerful for a number of reasons, uh, and uh, and not least that I think it, it helps to open conversations and open doors with government, with other sectors, and perhaps even with people who might have um, who who might have written off the church or may not fully understand the the value that the local church brings to the community. Well, I think those sorts of dollar figures, and it seems to be that people who are economically minded, uh, they look at dollar figures to make an assessment of value. But a little bit of context here again, because uh, we could get really astounding so far as church influence here. And while we're talking about some of these local church activities, uh, just to bring into the conversation the, the things that you're probably not going to measure because when we've got churches that are the foundation for schools now of course <laughs> you've got catholic schools you've got independent mm. private schools you've got colleges of higher learning you've got mm. hospitals mm. you've got child care you've got aged care facilities and if we started to get into those and the numbers of employees across all of those church facilities we're talking numbers uh, bigger than the public service uh, this is this is uh, so significant. I always get excited thinking about those numbers. 
Now, of course, we're always aware that uh, a lot of those become federal or state government funded, and so we, we tend not to count those. So you're not necessarily counting uh, those schools and colleges and hospitals and aged care. Uh, you're talking more about the local church and the influence they have through those uh, different community aspects? Correct. And and you're asking great questions, Neil, because actually we've been back and forth on this uh, with the, the wonderful uh, uh, leadership team at uh, Together for the Illawarra, which is a it's basically a collaboration of churches uh, in the Illawarra region who have uh, uh, so kindly partnered with Cinnamon Network Australia to uh, to run this faith action audit. And uh, we've been, yeah, we've been chatting with them about, you know, what do we measure and how do we measure it and where do we draw the lines and all that sort of thing. Uh, and it's been a it's been a great process. To, to actually uh, to discern and to clarify from from our perspective what we are trying to seeking to measure uh, through this cinnamon faith action audit and where we've settled actually was uh, was very much scripturally guided um, so in Matthew twenty five thirty seven um, I believe forgive me and, and please listeners forgive me if I'm wrong <laughs> Jesus talks about um, the it, it's part of part of his articulation of uh, our ultimate judgment before God and and the fact that you know we will be treated by God in the way in which we have treated others and particularly he gives examples around um, providing shelter for the homeless clothing those who who are without feeding the hungry visiting the prisoner and so it's these type of and 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 that's why I used that term earlier about you know providing for the least of of those within our society or those that are at least feeling like they're the least in a particular moment and so we are very much focused on uh, the essence I guess of community service and uh, and some of that has links to education so for example if like uh, if churches are involved in providing uh, before or after school care uh, for uh, for disadvantaged families so that they can actually afford um, to, you know, to work and also have their children uh, attend school, then that's absolutely counted. Uh, but we have decided on this occasion not to, to measure the full activities of, of church-led schools, as amazing and wonderful as those are, um, because it does blur the line a little bit uh, in terms of uh, what might be considered a, a community service. Uh, but I think it's still going to be very significant, the results that we get through. Well, I think for a lot of listeners today, you switch the light on when you say all of those big, big institutions that really undergird our whole nation, how they've been founded by and even sustained by churches. Mm -hmm. uh, if you're including those, you can get an astounding impact of what the church has had on society. Uh, and you might question why uh, those uh, institutions are not being so highly considered by government when considering some of the issues that we're talking about today. Hey, but you were absolutely right. Matthew chapter 25, uh, verses 37 through 40. And uh, that was uh, really tremendous uh, to be able to identify that. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you a stranger and invite you in or needing clothes and clothed you? When did we see you sick or in prison and go to visit you? Well, the king will reply, truly, I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. And so even in this uh, instance here, we could add to the list uh, prison ministries, really mm -hmm. powerful ministries here. So when we talk about this, Nick, uh, the idea of identifying these things, because Cinnamon Network wants to help transform communities. And if you get this sort of audit in place, identify the social impact, then we are talking about how we transform our communities. 
Absolutely. And I think that I think the wonderful thing is in our desire to help churches transform their communities, the, the, the truth is that churches are already doing this in many ways. And uh and that's exactly what we've from what we've seen out of the UK and and uh, the more recent Cinnamon Faith Action audits that we ran in New York City um, reveal just how much the uh, the church is already doing to transform communities. Sometimes it's about better capturing that and better articulating it uh, so that. Uh, others can understand, um, and there's and so it works in two ways. I think, well, in a number of ways. But our our, our desires coming out of this uh, audit in Illawarra, um, and indeed all of the Cinnamon Faith Action audits that we hope to run across the country in the years ahead, uh, is that they will help build a sense of greater collaboration between the church. Uh, that's both within and across denominations. Uh, I think that our, our prayer is that it will help to open doors, as I said, to government and other sectors, because often the language that we speak within the church may not be the same language that, uh, that others speak. Uh, and being able to allocate facts and figures and a dollar amount uh, can really kind of cause... I don't know, I'd like to use a biblical kind of um, image that can cause the scales to kind of fall from people's eyes and really recognise the, the true contribution of the church. And I think there is that broader piece, which you talked about at the start as well, about the reputation of the church within Australian society. And, you know, we need to uh, to be aware of that. We need to take ownership of, you know, what we may have done in order to contribute to that and to, and to the extent that it's relevant, I, I believe, to, you know, to repent and to, and to, and to apologise for anything we might have done, um, either as individuals or churches, to contribute to that. But I think a lot of the, the kind of the fall in the reputation of the church is um, is undeserved. And maybe it's because we are not very good at telling the stories about the fact or telling the story that faith is the most powerful force for good, I believe, uh, on the face of the earth. And, and so one of the outcomes um, we really hope through this audit in, um, in Illawarra and the many to come is that we will be telling a very different story perhaps than than um, than Australians are used to hearing about the work of the church and the role that we do and 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 uh, need to continue to play and, and and play increasingly in communities across the country well I do want to point listeners to especially today's 2020 Facebook question that asks on a scale one to ten uh, zero let's say instead of just one uh, being zero the worst 10 being the best how do you rate the reputation of local churches in your community now I did say uh, earlier on when I was uh, promoting our conversation today I said there's a lot of things to consider when you answer a question like that around the idea of rating the local churches in your community but this is the interesting thing. I'll get your thoughts here, Nick, because if we, as part of the local churches in our community, don't rate the reputation of our churches very high at all, <laughs> imagine what the non-church-going community is going to rate our churches. A quick thought or two for you, for you here, because from you, because uh, because you know, oftentimes, as we're saying, I mean, perhaps we don't as members of our local churches even appreciate the value of what our church brings to our local community. Absolutely. I think you're, uh, you are spot on that, you know, we don't value our church, uh, our local church and the church more broadly, uh, then it's very hard to expect that others will. Uh, and if only because our presentation of, of our, I think it also limits our witness and, and the way that we present our faith. You know, if we're not proud to be part in a, in a humble way, uh, to be affiliated with, um, 
with the church as a whole, um, with the Bride of Christ, as well as with our own local church, then it makes it, I think, very hard for us to to uh, to talk about it, um, and and not necessarily with the objective of of evangelizing, though there's absolutely a role for that. Um, but even just to have a conversation with you know with those around us and our friends and family, and say you know this is what we're doing in the community. This is the great work that we're part of, and and uh, and we want you to be aware of it, not because we're kind of puffing ourselves up, but just because uh, we think it's a wonderful thing, and we want to well, we want to you know share this story uh, of uh, of Jesus's love being demonstrated uh, to those who need it most. Um, but I mean, it's really interesting because I was having a conversation the other day, and I uh, forgive me, I'll have to. I, I'm, I think the source might have been McCrindle, or it may even be a be a Barner study. But um, the, the, despite the the kind of uh, the drop in the reputation of the church in the in the wider community, there there is still a vast majority of Australians, most of them who don't affiliate um, or regard themselves as being Christian, who nonetheless see a role for the church in society. And so somewhere in us, whether Christian or non-Christian, I think there is an acknowledgement that the church can and should and does play a critical role in society and particularly in the community in building that sense of connectedness um, and unity and compassion. And it is uh, incumbent upon us, I believe, um, to retake our role as uh, as the church in Australia within Australian society to come with that kind of confident humility that says we are here to serve we're already serving uh, we want to do it better and to look for opportunities to be able to uh, connect with different people and different sectors. Some of the the amazing stories we've heard out of Cinnamon Faith Action audits in the UK, for example, is that you know when when we are able to art- articulate in a better way and perhaps in a more compelling way the work that we're doing. And when we come with a true desire to serve rather than to be served, uh, it opens up partnerships, new partnerships with you know local government and authorities. It invites the church into the room uh, for strategic conversations about the future of local communities and what's actually happening. It allows the church to be the church. Um, and I think that's, uh, that's, that's certainly our prayer for Illawarra and beyond. Um, and, I, and I believe that when when we start doing that, it kind of um, it, it flows into society, but then it comes back to us as that individual church member uh, that we can be proud to be part of our local congregation uh, and to be part of the broader body of Christ. Visions 2020 with Neil Johnson, a biblical perspective on life, culture and current events. Our talkback line open, 1-800-316-316. You might have your own thoughts to contribute on the reputation of your local churches in your community. Let's be general about that and talk about reputation. Uh, you might have a, a thought or two about you know, lots of denominations in your town, in your city, in your suburb, and thinking, well, our reputation's not great right now, but there could be an awful lot of good that could come from uh, getting together uh, those sorts of thoughts in a, a faith action audit uh, to really make a difference. Nick McKay is our guest. He's the National Director of the Cinnamon Network in Australia, First project is underway in the Illawarra. Nick, you'd like to see this spread out all over. I mean, are you targeting big cities or who can who can take advantage of this? Can small country towns uh, do this sort of audit in their community? Uh, who is it going to benefit most? Absolutely everyone, we hope, Neil. Um, and so, uh, w- in fact, as, as Cinnamon, we are completely committed. We see ourselves as hopefully um, offering a gift to the local church and, uh, and we want that to be... 
uh, we want that to be a gift that, that is available to all churches and, and by extension, all communities. So we would love to run uh, future Cinnamon Faith Action audits in, uh, in small uh, country towns, uh, but equally we are looking at doing it in larger cities. Uh, so some of the, the kind of future uh, CFAAs that we are planning for the first half of, um, of uh, 2021 are in places like Melbourne, uh, probably out in the eastern suburbs where I actually am at the moment, uh, or um, another is the Gold Coast and where there's been some incredible um, collaborative work being done across denominations uh, and, and a real sense of church unity that's, uh, that's growing uh, out, of, out of the Gold Coast in particular. And then also we're looking at um, uh, some of the regions in Perth as well. Uh, we've also explored, where else? Um, oh yes, Logan, um, again in Queensland, the Logan region, uh, which is uh, really, I've spent a bit of time there. It's, an, it's a brilliant part um, part of Queensland, but you know, also faces uh, quite a few social challenges, um, which I think makes the role of local church all the more important. So we are open to to going anywhere, and uh, and we hope that we will be able to go everywhere within reg- uh, within reason over the uh, the coming years. I mentioned that Cinnamon Network originates out of the UK, where there's already lots and lots of activity with these audits. Uh, is there any way you can give us an impression about how things have been going in the UK, the the, the impact that it makes? Yeah, absolutely. So we've run uh, Cinnamon Faith Action audits in, I think, 90 government, uh, the equivalent of local government areas, what we call LGAs in Australia, but the, the equivalent there in the UK. Uh, we've done CFAAs in, uh, in 90 regions across the UK. Uh, I mentioned a few uh, examples earlier of the, um, the benefits that have come out of, of those at a, at a local level, whether it be uh, new partnerships with government and other sectors, uh, opportunities for, for increased funding. I mean, in some cases, there's been really incredible work where um, uh, you know, partnerships with uh, with local law enforcement and police, uh, police and uh, and protection forces in particular, um, around you know how how uh, the church and um, and the police can actually work together uh, for the benefit of the entire community. In uh, in some cases, government has looked at the uh, at the outputs and the results of uh, of a cinnamon faith action audit and realised to their shock that you know the church's contribution to mental health, for example, um, or to uh, family services or children and youth support uh, is a third of the budget of the, uh, is worth a third of the budget of the local government. Uh, And yet there is no formal partnership that exists. And so what we've seen is some really amazing opportunities coming out of the uh, the Cinnamon Faith Action Audits for for those partnerships to grow and in some cases uh, significant funding to be attached to it. And one of the one of the kind of broader pieces and something we're keen to do in Australia uh, that we saw in the UK was the coverage at a national level around the results of these audits. And so there was a uh, there was an article that appeared in the Times that your listeners might know of, a probably one, perhaps one of the most famous papers or well known papers in the um, in the UK uh, that read. Uh, Loving thy neighbour is priceless, but it's also worth three three billion pounds a year. And that was basically taking uh, the cumulative uh, results of a bunch of faith action audits that we'd done around the UK and, uh, and quantifying the, the, the value, in that case in pounds, uh, of the church contribution to the community. And, um, and that caused quite a stir because £3 billion pounds is, a lot of, uh, is a lot of money in Australian dollars. I think we're probably looking at closer to kind of $8, eight billion. Yep. Um, 
And, uh, and, and so we are hoping to be able to tell a similar story, not just on a community level, uh, a local community level or a state level, but in kind of three to five years' time, we would love to be able to tell a, an Australian story of how much churches across the country are contributing uh, and for that to uh, change the narrative both in the mainstream media uh, as well as then at a, at a national level uh, around the role of the church in community. Fabulous. And, uh, you know, the value of the local church and the reputation of local churches and uh, asking listeners today to respond to a question and even rating your own broader community, a scale 1 to 10, how do you rate the reputation of local churches in your community? Well, Anne has responded. Anne says, 10 for friendliness, welcoming, modern service, Great sermons from very articulated, uh, articulate and learned pastors. But when I was new to the area, I visited a church and I'd rate them a five. Uh, very unwelcoming of visitors. Now, this is interesting because uh, we're not wanting people to be too critical about uh, specific neighborhoods. But here's an interesting one on reputation because we gravitate toward those churches that we feel most comfortable with. And uh, some we're going to rate highly and some we're going to rate low. I imagine that when you've got this sort of research in a community, Nick, um, it, everybody gets an idea that, hey, we're all lifting our game here. Is this the way it tends to work? Yeah, I, th- I think it does. Um, I think it does. And something that occurs to me in, in response to, to Anne's comment is that uh, I think the church has become, and this is a, a complete generalisation, but... Uh, I think it has some some uh, some truth. Is that that as churches, as local churches, we are I think on the whole good at, uh, at welcoming people in. We could obviously be better, but I think when people kind of find themselves within the four walls uh, of the church, uh, we do a good job. You know, we create a welcoming community, friendly. Uh, many churches uh, are putting on, as as Anne said, you know, modern services and and great teaching. I think the challenge for the church, and we've experienced it during this COVID-19 pandemic, is that the church is and always was and always will be about far more than a building. And we perhaps have been forced through COVID, one of the blessings of this season in amongst all of the heartache uh, and challenge has been that we've been pushed outside of our four walls, both kind of digitally in terms of our services, as well as then physically. Anne's comment is very good, uh, but there's something here that that church life is more than just great music, uh, great sermons, uh, great personalities in the pulpit. Uh, Give us some more insight here into, into how we might expect the work of the church to look. Absolutely. Yeah, I think you're you're entirely right, Neil. There, that we, that the church has always been about far more than a Sunday service, as, as important as that is to our faith and to and to building our sense of community within a congregation. Um, but I think I was I was talking before the break about in this COVID nineteen season where many churches have been physically shut. We've been reminded i think and in perhaps in a way uh god using this to to push us uh once again outside uh and beyond our our four walls uh both kind of uh metaphorically and literally and uh, uh, there was actually a verse that came to mind in um in isaiah 54 about stretching your tent curtains wide um and we often cite that when it comes to uh 
perhaps uh, appeals to to be able to raise funds in order to build the size that of, of our physical buildings but i think there's something deeper in that i think that what isaiah is also speaking about is that sense of the church being about far more than a building and when it when we think about stretching our tent curtains why we should i would suggest think about stretching it into the community where the church is present in a way uh, no matter where you are in the community, there is a sense that the church is there um, and is there to serve and to love uh, and to um, and to and to assist. And that I think is part of how we become more welcoming. Is that we don't even require people to come to us in order to engage with us. Uh, that there is a sense of um, of Christian witness and love and service, no matter where you are in the community. And I think people will be far more willing to, to come and visit us inside our buildings if they've already seen us out and about in the community uh, demonstrating uh, the love of Jesus in, in tangible ways. And so uh, I, I really hope that through these Cinema and Faith Action audits, we'll be able to tell the stories of the amazing work that's already being done in that regard by churches across the country, um, as well as then perhaps giving us a bit of a push um, as Christians and as churches in the right direction to say, what more can we be doing? What, what, what do we actually feel that, um, that God is calling us to do uniquely in our local community? Uh, and that's something that, uh, that Cinnamon helps with as well, both before and after, after the audit process with, uh, with churches. Hey, a reminder too that we're all in this together. And, uh, and just still reflecting on Anne's comment, because the church down the street that might be rated a five, and uh, your church that you might mm. rate more highly, uh, there is a reminder there, isn't there, that the reputation of the churches of your community uh, depend on everyone flourishing, and and even the sort of friendship between the churches uh, is going to be an important factor. This idea of a joint effort. Uh, you were using the words a little earlier on, Nick, uh, the way that churches collaborate together if they're going to participate in an audit like this. And so... Mm. Sometimes we think it's the big churches that have the impact when it comes to government or business or media. But this is an opportunity here, and I'll get your insights, uh, that uh, with a joint effort, little churches become part of the big picture. Uh, That idea of a unified church, uh, when you actually participate in an audit like this and your whole community then is, is reflected in that audit, give us some insight here into how little churches benefit from being part of the bigger picture. Mm, uh, that's a great question. Well, look, I think I, I'm reminded of the fact that, you know, God is not only conscious of uh, of the world as a whole and everybody in it, um, as well as an, and then our nation and our communities, but he cares about the one. Um, and I think that's just one of the most remarkable things about our faith is that it's a personal faith, like that God doesn't need us or our church to be big in order for us to care for him to care about us and for for him to use us uh and so i think little churches matter just as much to god as the big churches do um it's really i don't think size is actually a factor at, at all um in the sense of the kingdom uh but what can happen that's most powerful sorry what, what i think is one of the most powerful things uh for the church uh, happens when we come together. You know, Paul talks about the body of Christ and, and about all of the different um, parts of the body working together in unity, in harmony. That's when we actually demonstrate what it means, what, like, in our in our own human flawed way, we, we present the best, the closest image of, of, uh, of 
Christ and of what it means to be the bride of Christ, you know, when the church comes together across denominations, within denominations. And I think like speaking as someone who was for a, a long time a very staunch, staunch agnostic, um, one of the, the barriers to me to faith was actually seeing what I perceived to be a disunity or division within the church. Um, I think it's a it's it perhaps one of the most toxic things in, our, in terms of our witness uh, to the broader community um, and to those uh, of no uh, who, who are not uh, who are not already of people of faith. Um, and so, one of the great benefits uh, we hope that will come through the uh, the faith action audits and and the work that Cinnamon Network. Uh, aims to do more more generally with churches across the country is to bring all churches together no matter what denomination no matter what size to bring us together and to realize that our ability to do what we are called to do can only happen when we work together um, and that it's through that that amazing opportunities present themselves because when the church goes as a unified force to government to business to the local community suddenly rather than seeing many parts of us um, you know potentially divided against against one another suddenly the rest of society starts to see us as what we are the one church um, uh, under Christ and and through that, you know, opportunities emerge and government says, oh, we want to fund this. And what's this great bit of work that's happening here? And we can actually say, well, that's not being, you know, there's uh, work around domestic violence. That's happening in a, at a, out of a big church. If you want to fund it and expand it, let's do that. But this other program that you were so, you know, keen on um, around um, mentoring uh, for vulnerable children is actually being run by a tiny little church. Um, and isn't it amazing? And how can we replicate this? How can we scale this? How can we recognize that? Um, as I said, you know, God doesn't care about the size of our church. I think he cares about um, the, the, the state of our heart and, um, and the work that we are seeking to do for, for him and, and, uh, and for the people in our community. And this perception of unity, so, so powerful, because you contrast that with the perception of disunity and uh, or you have everyone doing their own thing but that perception of unity means strength and so when you are talking government when you are talking business when you are talking media uh, that really makes a huge difference hey, another comment mike in tasmania says uh, and he's identified you know organizations like the salvos uh, mm. or the city missions that function in capital cities and in smaller regional cities around the nation uh, organizations like St. Vinnie's. They're so well thought of. And he identifies, too, uh, a story, and it goes back to mid-20th century uh, when we uh, understand uh, the story. He's talking about the book Mr. Eternity, chronicles the powerful effect of the the church in New South Wales around the work of the Reverend Robert Hammond, who is a wonderful story if you're looking for Australian church history over the past hundred years. Robert Hammond, in fact, uh, Hammondville in Sydney is named after Robert Hammond, uh, who was uh, really into caring for vulnerable people in the community and uh, aged care is what Hammond Care is really all about these days. But that's just another illustration here, Nick, of just how significant it can be when the church is actively involved in caring for the community and identifying that makes all the difference. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I think that's that's one of the things that it's at the core of our faith, right, is that we are called to love God and to love others. And, uh, and, and part of the way that we do that is by just meeting the tangible needs of those who are experiencing vulnerability uh, within our communities. And, uh, and I think part of the challenge perhaps for, uh, for local churches is, um, is first identifying what they should be doing and then secondly how they should be doing it. 
And so I think part of the, the, the desire and the role that we see Cinnamon playing uh, across the country and with local churches is helping them work out exactly that. What are the unique needs in your local community and what do you feel like God's calling you to do um, so that you're not duplicating the efforts of other churches or other organisations? You know, if the Selvos in your area are doing brilliant work um, uh, to respond to youth homelessness, then that's great. Like if you want to support them, then support them. Um, but there may be something else that God's actually calling you to do, another need that's not being met and that only you and your church community can meet. Uh, and, you know, likewise, I think we can be doing better at sharing um, stories and examples of best practice um, because there are incredible uh, projects and initiatives being run either out of lo- local churches or inspired by uh, the church across the country. And so part of uh, the, the work of Cinnamon is, is to identify those projects. And we have, uh, we're creating a menu of what we call Cinnamon Recognized Projects that basically local churches anywhere, once they've um, discerned what is a need in their community that they want to meet or do more to or better meet if they're doing something already, um, we uh, present and we have a menu of tried and tested projects um, that have been proven to, to create real impact in the community and that any church across the, um, the country, big or small, um, can take up, can replicate and can begin implementing immediately. So, Nick, when a Cinnamon Faith Action Audit is done in a community, one of the results, of course, of that is that there's going to be a detailed report and uh, so the report then becomes the useful thing. It's the report that sparks those conversations. Then when everybody's in this together, whether you're a small church, whether you're a big church, you've all got access to the same report. And you say, well, this is what the church is doing in the community. And here we are knocking on the door. This is why you should listen. So uh, this idea of the detailed report, um, I mean, I guess uh, the detailed report comes down to the research as to how everyone responds. You've got 130 churches who are participating or you're hoping will participate in the Illawarra right now. What do you think their report is going to look like uh, when you've got that, uh, that detail back from them? Yeah, it's going to be really powerful, I believe. Uh, and yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, in some ways, the, the audit is just a means to an end. The, the real work actually starts after the audit is, has been complete and, and the report emerges um, because we, uh, yeah, we, we, come, we come up at, through at the Cinnamon Faith Action Audit process. The result is about a kind of 15-page report that, uh, that uh, details all of the amazing work that local churches are doing in the community by issue area. Um, it assigns a, a monetary value to the time that's being given, both voluntary and paid staff uh, and and in the case of the Illawarra it's also going to break it down by local government area so we'll have a, a section on the work that's happening specifically in Wollongong and a section on the work that's happening in Shell Harbour as well as a bunch of stories to kind of bring colour um, and life to the, to that um, but absolutely it's the it's the beginning um, the report rather than the rather than the end and uh, and what we found from previous Cinnamon Faith Action Audits in the UK and elsewhere is that it's that report that sparks the real conversation um, both between churches um, about how they can better collaborate and what they can do to increase the incredible work that's already doing, as well as with government, uh, business and other sectors uh, about what opportunities exist, uh, whether that be funding opportunities or strategic partnerships, anything that can be done to increase, improve, expand uh, the work that's, that's, uh, that's taking place for the benefit of those who are experiencing vulnerability. Uh, let me take you uh, a little bit deeper here and perhaps a little bit controversial. So uh, get ready, Nick, because okay. when we talk about uh, churches being salt and light in the community, 
And what we're talking about here is the social action that accompanies the gospel. So you have a transformed life in church. Uh, you have transformed lives happening in the community. And you've got communities under a, a certain level of transformation. Now, social action is very different to this connection that we might think of as social justice. And uh, that's an interesting and controversial term because a lot of people uh, will recognize that that word social justice is something that seems to have been hijacked uh, by a sort of uh, a left uh, Marxist ideal uh, around the world and in Australia. So when we're talking about being salt and light, social action in the community, we're not talking about uh, just uh, endorsing, a, say, a Black Lives Matter or uh, any other sort of group that might align with a Marxist foundation. What we're talking about here is those words when we hearken back to the words of Jesus about uh, seeing the hungry and feeding them, uh, giving someone who's thirsty a drink, uh, clothing people and uh, visiting the sick and those who are in prison. Social action, very different to the very controversial uh, words of uh, social justice these days. Any thoughts here? <laughs> I'll get you onto my favourite topic. I'll keep it, I'll keep it brief. Um, uh, partly my favourite topic because I am a, a kind of lifelong... Um, uh, advocate and pursuer um, of both social justice and social action, um, because I, while I absolutely agree with you that uh, sometimes the term social justice has become affiliated with uh, with groups or with or with issues that you know we as Christians might might think uh, don't necessarily represent uh, the gospel, I think that justice itself is at the heart of God, and He tells us time and time and time again. Uh, in his word about how passionately he cares about about justice um, and how much he wants us to care about it as well. And so I think probably a couple of thoughts. I think social action and social justice in a biblical sense are linked. Um, social action has, uh, for me, more of a connotation of responding to a more immediate need. Um, so someone needs to be to be fed now. Someone needs uh, counselling services now. Uh, someone uh, someone needs to be given the opportunity to learn English now. Like so, let's do that. Um, but I think there is also a role um, for churches and for Christians to begin asking ourselves those questions if we haven't already about why does this need exist in the first place. What are the things in our society that are not working as they should that means that there are so many people that need to be fed, that there are so many people that need to be counselled, that there are so many people that, that, um, that are having issues within their families or as young people. And so, and I think we should also be caring about those deeper issues of justice or rather injustice um, that we can be part of responding to. And so I think, Cinnamon, we see our role as being uh, primarily about social action, but it is a journey. And, and, I, and I would hope and I, I believe that we will also help churches and indeed many are already doing that to think about what are the deeper issues of, of justice um, that, uh, that that they can be part of responding to um, and I mean just to kind of push into the to the controversial for a moment I I think that um, wh however people might feel about uh, the the brand of Black Lives Matter and the organization um, that is, uh, and the movement that's been started um, to support that. I think that one thing as Christians that we cannot shy away from is the fact that God loves all of us um, and has made absolutely explicit the fact that uh, race is not a factor um, for him. Uh, and so I, and I think in this country in particular, um, 
the church historically has been part of the problem when it comes to the treatment, particularly of our Indigenous brothers and sisters. And there is, with that in mind, uh, an opportunity and I think an obligation on us to think about how do we right that wrong? How do we be part of actually bringing God's justice for the sake of our First Nations people? Um, And that's only one issue of justice that we can be part of. But how do we as Christians look beyond what the media might say, what people with particular political agendas might say, how do we look to the actual issue and think about what is God asking us to do in response to this? Um, And I think when we do that, powerful things happen. Good thoughts. And what accompanies the powerful things that can happen is when the church is seen to be, perceived to be, united and working together and with a common voice around those issues uh, when it comes to certainly uh, issues with Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander Australians, which uh, the church is uniquely uh, set in a place to make a good contribution. And so with some level of uh, faith action audits, uh, that can give you a certain level of impetus too to be able to speak into the issues more powerfully than you've ever had an opportunity before. Hey, we're mm-hmm. running out of time here, Nick. Uh, just quickly, I know that you do all sorts of other things as well as the audits. I know you have uh, an initiative called a Transformation Pathway. Uh, just a quick mention of that. Uh, what does a Transformation Pathway mean? Say you're in a local church right now, but uh, the churches of your broader community are not participating in uh, in the Cinnamon Project, uh, but you want to be able to connect with you and some of the things that we're talking about today, some people will be switched on to. What is a Transformation Pathway? Yeah, so uh, we, we, we try, aside from the Cinnamon Faith Action Audit, which we've been talking about, um, we try and uh, help churches answer that question of like, what, what can we be doing or should we be doing in our community and, and then how do we do it? Uh, and so the transformation pathway is about the what should we be doing. It's, it's basically a process that we, we, go, we take um, uh, churches, local churches through uh, to better understand the needs of their local community, what, what's already being done to address those needs, what the unique kind of uh, value and assets and strengths of their local church are and what they can do, what they feel that God's actually calling them to do uniquely in their community um, that may be the same as others or may be entirely different. Um, And so our transformation pathway helps do that. Uh, But then, as I mentioned earlier, once you've worked out what you should be doing, then comes the how. Um, and so what we also do is uh, is identify the best of uh, church-led community projects from across the country. They're called our Cinnamon Recognised Projects. Um, and we make those available as like a menu of tried and tested projects that any local church, no matter the denomination or the size, can pick up um, and begin implementing immediately without uh, having to reinvent the wheel. Okay, we have run out of time and I do want to mention the website that you can connect with Nick McKay today. Nick is the National Director of Cinnamon Network Australia and the website is cinnamonnetwork.org.au and you'll be able to find out about those Cinnamon Faith Action Audits. Uh, You might like to just uh, register your interest uh, for that to happen in your town, your community, your city, your suburb. And uh, I'll encourage listeners too to respond to that Facebook question and uh, perhaps even engage with other listeners to this conversation as to their responses on the idea of reputation of local churches in your community. You'll find that question at facebook.com forward slash vision radio. Nick McKay, National Director of Cinnamon Network Australia, the website cinnamonnetwork.org.au. Nick, thanks so much for joining us today on 2020. Thank you. My pleasure. 
Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.